Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a very special, lovely returning guest. Her name is Fabian Sandoval. We've had some amazing conversations, both on and off air previously. And I always love to connect with Fabian. So welcome again, Fabian. Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. So Fabian, just for the benefit of the audience, just remind the audience um, what you do and... Uh, what your area of expertise is. Yeah, sure. So I am a self-worth coach focused on helping women specifically um, develop their sense of worth and value in the world and help them work on relationships as well. Excellent. And uh, I think this topic that we've decided to speak about today is going to be a very, very interesting one for our audience to listen to because... I certainly haven't discussed it on a podcast episode before. So this is very exciting for me to get my teeth into as well. And it's all about the abandonment wound that we're going to be talking about today. So Fabian, what would be a bit of a background introduction to this subject? Do you think that would be helpful for our audiences to, to listen to initially? Yeah, sure. So I'm really excited about this. Um, for me personally, the abandonment wound is something that I carry. And I think a lot of the work that I usually do is based on the things that I've also gone through. It's easier to teach if you've experienced it for yourself. So I would say in terms of an abandonment wound, if someone's just hearing that for the first time, the things that you want to bear in mind is that probably for the most part, people are all carrying around some kind of abandonment wound, but that can vary in scales. So abandonment is like a primal fear shall we say. Um, And it's something that each of us might experience at any point during our lives. But um, for not not everyone will experience it in such a traumatic way. Um, And I think the way that abandonment shows up could be through, you know, emotional unavailability, it could be due to having like an absent parent when you're a child. So it could be things like either a parent leaving, you know, your parents going through a divorce, Uh, one parent having to travel a lot. So they might have been actually there. They might have been available to you in in some respects, but maybe during the week they had to travel and they were away. Um, It could even come down to something like a really traumatic breakup or even something like a loss of a job, um, somewhere where you were feeling really safe and secure and then you lost that. Yeah, so some great examples there. Another one I can think of is, you know, as babies, I think in certain generations, parents were sometimes taught to leave their babies to cry cry themselves out, you know, rather yeah. than keep um, demanding it and responding to any attention. And I think there's a fine balance there sometimes as to how long you leave a baby crying before you, you go and tend to them, isn't there? And, and probably in the past, some parents haven't responded that quickly, even when the baby's got really traumatised. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting 
because in the Western culture, we're much more taught to, yes, yes, let the baby cry and leave it on its own. But in other cultures, they would not dream of doing that. In some cultures, they will literally have their baby tied to them until that baby is like ready to start walking. I mean, literally for about the first year, the baby would literally be attached to you on the chest. You would wear the baby all day long. So there wouldn't be any moment where that child feels that sense of insecurity that the parents not coming back or that they don't have someone to, you know, take care of them. Yeah. And, and these times are probably not times that we'd actually remember. So if it was actually babies when that happened to us. We might even not realise that we've got some sort of abandonment wound because we won't have remembered that that might have been the case for us as babies. Yeah, absolutely. And I think obviously, you know, Lynn, we've always spoken about attachment styles. That's one of my favourite subjects also. But, you know, this this can also come from depending on like how, you know, what the situation was when you're in the womb as well. So depending on like if your mother was like extremely anxious while she was like, you know, um, while you while she was pregnant, maybe she was worrying, maybe she had something traumatic happen to her prior to conceiving, uh, conceiving the baby, then she would she would be carrying that with her that would then fall onto the baby and then when the baby is born if they've got that anxiety that is then going to also create that abandonment wound also yeah very interesting so how do we actually know then if we're actually carrying some sort of abandonment wound if it does stem as far back as even being you know in the womb or or in early childhood as a baby So I think that it really depends on how it's showing up in your life. So a lot of people that are suffering from an abandonment wound will more than likely have a low sense of self-worth. They possibly may feel as though they can be quite needy in their romantic relationships. Um, If their partner has to go away and leave them, that might spur them into some kind of like anxiety, panic attack or spiral. And they might have like this just underlying feeling that kind of nobody understands me. No, nobody gets me. Like everybody, every, everybody feels like I'm overreacting to certain situations, but like I can't, my body physically like does this reaction. I can't, I can't stop it. Um, And that can be around, you know, a sense of like a post-traumatic stress disorder, depending on how big the abandonment wound is. If you're physically having like bodily sensations, that can also be down to like unresolved post-traumatic stress disorder from the abandonment wound that you've gone through. Right. So how does that then have a knock-on effect to our romantic relationships? Oh, my goodness. So many ways. So, so many ways. Um, And I think that this shows up not just in romantic relationships, but in kind of any relationships that you have also. But it can be things like feeling really um, just in general, a lot of sensitivity or oversensitivity. So, you know, if your partner says something to you, you know, oh, I don't like that dress on you or I tell you, I'm not really a fan of that hair. Maybe you should do something different. You might take that really personally. I think a lot of the stuff with the abandonment wound is you you really personalize things. Like it could just be like a, a brief comment from your partner, but you would really personalize it. Um, you would do things like overreact during conflict. So you're either going to be like, you're going to be like very black and white. So you're going to either be 
one scale of the spectrum where you're just going to completely over-dramatize the situation, get very upset, um, really kind of like go into that dramatic place, or you're just going to completely shut down. Are you just going to be like, I don't actually care. Like, I don't have any feelings about this. Kind of get away from me. So that kind of shows up when you're thinking about conflict in, you know, I guess more romantic relationships, but it can also happen in other ones like friendships, family, stuff like that also. Um, And these kind of extremist tendencies, you know, so like either an extreme outburst when your partner, when, you know, maybe you and your partner are starting to get into some kind of a conflict or disagreement. And instead of just being able to listen to them and handle it, you just go to, you know, either one end of the spectrum, either completely shutting down or not, or, or completely like, you know, just blowing out basically. Yeah, I think I can actually relate to being in, um, you know, relationships where that's been the case. Um, uh, and, you know, thinking that this is a very black and white person, you know, they're, they're either all or nothing, there's no gray area, you know, uh-huh. there's a, like you say, that very polarized, um reaction which is all or nothing yeah and that can be really difficult because the person that's that's experienced the abandonment wound they are being triggered in that moment so something is coming up for them and I think a lot of what happens with people that have that fear of abandonment that is really just like engulfing them when they get into conflict they actually think that this means that like the relationship is over Um, so a lot of clients or people that I have like worked on with this kind of wound, they will really feel as though a disagreement with their partner is literally the end of the world. Like, that's it. We're done. It's over. They don't love me anymore. Not realizing that it's just a disagreement. And I think, um, Gottman Institute actually says that I think it's, uh, the, the number is uh, like 69% of conflict will actually be unresolvable no matter what relationship you're in. So when you think about that, (laughs) then you think with a person that has an abandonment wound, 69% of the time that you're having disagreements and you're thinking it's the end of the world and this relationship is going to end, actually, for really the majority of the part of it is it's not going to end. This is just an unresolvable conflict that you're just going to have to figure out how to manage and work with interesting i can relate to it because i i think that you know in in a a past relationship there was that situation and i always had the feeling that you know it's only a minor disagreement you know (laughs) i feel as though i've committed a parking offense in terms of you know engaging in this disagreement i'm now on the end of you know being sent down for 25 years (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. And for the person on the receiving end, if they don't understand that their partner has an abandonment wound, they are just going to be like, what the heck is going on? I know, like for me personally, in my partnership, you know, it was it's it, it's definitely tricky having that person um, not really recognizing what's happening because they're like, you're not really acting like the way that you normally would. And for a lot of the time, someone with an abandonment wound, they might not always act like that during conflict. It might be only once they've been triggered. And so the triggering event, whatever that might be, is what will set them off and, and have them show up with those kinds of extra sensitivities, these extremist kinds of behaviours, 
um, getting like, you know, severe anxiety and just having this belief that the other person is going to leave. Um, even just stuff like, you know, I think what you're saying, like, you know, you feel like you've been, you committed like a, a crime that you're going to be in prison for for 25 years, you know, just like, just like feeling like, oh my God, I, I don't feel like I did something that bad, but okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because I, you know, uh, there would be things like, you know, I'd, I'd accidentally um, spill water on the carpet, for example. And that trigger, you know, a conflict that was, um, you know, talk about making a, a mountain out of a mole. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's really important for people with these, um, with this kind of a wound, or if you're in a relationship with someone and this is all making sense to you, then really what you need to be doing, and it, it's it's funny because it sounds kind of like, wait what they're the one overreacting but I'm the one that's going to have to kind of soothe them but ultimately it is for the part so if you're in a partnership where you feel someone does have an abandonment wound it's about you showing up and allowing them to feel safe so when that starts to happen actually just stopping and being like hey hold on one moment I know we're having a disagreement right now but can we just have a hug or I know we're having a disagreement right now but I love you and this is just a disagreement and I think just reminding that person that like, this is not going to be the end of the world. It's just a disagreement. It's going to happen right now. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel yucky. And then once we pass through that, you know, in the next 24 or 48 hours, all of that conflict will calm down. We'll come back around and we'll be able to think about a more logical solution. Um, but just kind of soothing, helping that person with that wound to kind of soothe them so that they can, they're kind of, internal system that's been activated can start to calm down because that's really one of the things that needs to happen when someone starts to be triggered absolutely some great tips in that because i know for me initially in that relationship i would um i, I didn't have the knowledge and the awareness that i've got now so you know yeah. I, I would react more in a masculine way and there'd be an even bigger <laughs> yeah. argument on the back of it um, and, you know, once I did start to gain some tools and skills, even then, you know, uh, my way of handling it would be to walk away rather than mm. probably more helpful is what you suggested in terms of, you know, give them a hug or, you yeah. know, try and rationalize what's going on and, and helping them to feel safe. Mm. Yeah, because that's really the main thing that is coming up. It's a fear of you know, not being safe. It's like a fear of being left out in the cold. No one's coming home for you. You know, that's kind of the feeling that the person is experiencing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm alone. I don't have anyone. I'm, I'm going to be back by myself again. And having that fear that, yeah, no one's understanding you. Nobody gets you and that you're not going to be, you're not going to be taken care of. Um, but it is the responsibility of the person with that wound. So if you're listening and you have that wound, it's your responsibility to figure out how to also self-soothe. So you might need to have a conversation with your partner and say to them, if we do disagree, could you could you just do X to just remind me that this isn't the end of the world and it will be okay? Um, but actually for yourself, you need to take responsibility. You can't obviously put it just on your partner they can help you with that and you can work on it as a team, but it's definitely your responsibility to just figure out what things trigger you 
and how you can navigate those in the best possible way so that you don't get as triggered. Yeah, I think it's it can be quite difficult, I suppose, to figure out what might be the things actually trigger a particular person or whether it's just a build-up, you know, over a, a period of time that gets them to a point where, you know, even things that aren't, you know, what I consider major, such as a, you know, if your partner accidentally spills something on the, on the, you know, some water on the floor, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not like going off and having an affair with another person. No. <laughs> but you know, why would that trigger an argument? In my mind, you know, it's just, it's no big deal. I just clean it up. But yeah. um, you know, uh, so I'm just, I'm just not sure. In the, when I think back to those times, uh, whether it was just a for, for, for him a build up of different things and it was then that that was a straw that was a trigger that broke the camel's back that triggered mm -hmm. or whether it was just that minor thing that just triggered for some reason you know something in his past I don't know mm. and I think actually you're raising a really good point there Lynn because some people that have so say like your abandonment wound is from your mother or from your father for example and maybe they actually left you at a certain point, you know, in your in your life, or maybe they weren't ever present, you may have a lot of anger towards them. Now, if you are, let's just say, for example, you are in a relationship with a man, but you have a father wound, any of the uh, leftover resentment, anger, frustration that you feel towards your father when your partner does something that's going to, you know, maybe frustrate you or anger you, your partner's probably going to receive all the anger for that moment, which might be like 20% of your anger, plus like 80% of your anger that is all of the past stuff that maybe you haven't actually dealt with yet. So I think it's really important to just recognize like when you are getting frustrated with your partner, is that actually, does that anger actually is it relevant to take it all out on that person? Or is it that you actually are using that as an outlet to relieve some of your other frustrations or angers or disappointments or resentments onto that person because they're the person that's in front of you and because they're more than likely the most closest person to you? Yeah, I, I did feel that, you know, it was a case of I was in that, it, I actually was able to rationalise and think it's not think it's not me that, that's the problem here. And yeah. then sort of rationalize it and think, you know, I'm just the most convenient person to take it out on at the moment. And, you know, unfortunately, I felt like I was the emotional bridge back at that particular oh, time. But I did sort of realize it was based on, you know, his, his own past insecurities. And, uh, and in particular, I didn't have the um, awareness to, at that moment to think it was associated with something called the abandonment wound. But obviously, I did realize it was something from his past that was uh, triggering yeah and I think that's why we really need to you know we need to see whoever it is that we're partnered up with we need to see it as you know that's your that's your new curriculum that person in front of you if you're going to be partnered up with them you want to learn as much about that person as possible so that you can understand like who they are and how they are and what things have shaped them and made them so the more that you understand your partner, the more that you have that knowledge, they might not be able to identify that they have an abandonment wound, but you may be able to. 
because you've learned enough about them to recognize, ah, okay, so that happened to them when they were a child or this specific happened, this specific thing happened to them in a relationship or whatever it happens to be. And then you will be able to work with them because you have the knowledge and you will potentially be able to open their eyes to the fact that that might be something that they're dealing with. So if you've got somebody coming to you, Fabian, and it's obvious, you know, from the conversation you have with them that there is an an abandonment wound there, how do you go about helping them heal that? So I think one of the first things for abandonment wound is you need to have some sense of emotional regulation. So you need to be regulating your emotions frequently because what's going to happen is you are potentially going to get into like a fight with your partner and that's going to send you down this place, down to this place that you don't really want to go to. And you're not going to be able to think rationally or logically, and you're going to start acting out of those wounds. So creating a sense of emotional regulation is really important. So the way that I would suggest that you do that is by practicing journaling and also meditation. Now, I know these things that everybody talks about, but the reason they're spoken about so much is because they really can help you regulate your emotions. So one thing with people that have been abandoned is they may feel that their needs, that their feelings aren't valid. So using the tool of journaling to actually connect with themselves and just understand like on a daily basis. So starting the day with, you know, how am I feeling? Like what emotions am I having? You know, what, what actual emotions am I experiencing? Is this rage? Is this fear? Is this anxiety? Actually tapping into it. Cause a lot of the time we're only thinking about our emotions from a perspective of sad, happy, grateful, you know, but we're not really getting into actual like deep emotions of what you're really, really feeling and being able to name them is really powerful. So creating some kind of practice that you can do every day that helps you to create that sense of like serenity and peace within yourself and regulate those emotions is definitely one of the first steps. Excellent. So how can uh, somebody find out a little bit more about the abandonment wound? Is there any recommended reading that you um, suggest or any research that you think has been particularly helpful for people to, to look at? Uh, to, to identify whether they have got this as an issue in their life. Yeah, definitely. Well, I have a, I have a free workbook that I'll be willing to share with anyone that's listening so they can get in touch with me for that. So I have a Healing Your Abandonment Wounds workbook that has a lot of like information and things in there and tips on how you can kind of move through that wound and heal. I think, though, the primary person that I will speak to that has just been such a pioneer in this of this work is a lady called Susan Anderson. So she has a ton of books and resources on abandonment and abandonment recovery and how to heal. And she's literally dedicated her whole life to understanding abandonment traumas, uh, grief and loss. Wow, that's great. So um, Suzanne, is that spelt with a Z or an S? With an S, yeah. So Susan Anderson. And the books that I would recommend of hers is Black Swan, 
So that's a story of abandonment. And when you read it, you really resonate with what is being said. I think if you've someone that's experienced that abandonment in your life and it's very severe for you, reading that story will create a sense of healing within for sure. Um, and then she has another one that's that's called, oh gosh, actually, it's called, hold on, The Journey from Abandonment to Healing. So that book is also really, really helpful. And I think the other thing that I would recommend is looking into some of the work by Peter Levine. So he has a book called Waking the Tiger, and that's about healing trauma. And so that book is really helpful because sometimes what happens if something traumatic has taken place in our lives, then the person may have, so the bodily functions that would usually happen to guide a person through that process, sometimes what happens is it gets stopped or it gets stuck. And so then you keep reliving those experiences. So you might keep finding yourself in relationships where the person is emotionally unavailable to you or physically unavailable to you. Um, and then that it, it, that abandonment wound keeps reoccurring and you're wondering like, why do I keep finding myself in these situations? Well, it may be that you've not completed the body's trauma response. And so reading his book is really also powerful for just understanding how to heal the rest of those um, wounds where you may have gotten stuck. Right. Okay. So interesting, isn't it, to um, do a bit of research and reading about these sorts of topics and uh, see what is uncovered and how it actually relates to yourself or others that you've had relationships with. Yeah, definitely. So any other steps or shares that you want to impart just before we end the episode, Fabian, around this particular topic? Yeah, I think some of the key ones, so definitely emotional regulation is really important um, because that's going to give you that daily practice to keep yourself like in a positive place. But I think that one of the things that is commonly found with people that are working on healing their abandonment wound is boundaries. So not having a good understanding of how to set boundaries. Maybe they weren't allowed to set boundaries in, you know, in childhood or there wasn't a sense of boundaries in the family structure that they were in um, for a variety of different reasons. So recognizing that boundaries are going to be important to you and it's probably something that you may struggle with doing. Also codependency. So just having an awareness of are you actually entering into your relationships and showing up in a you know, if you get triggered, does that kind of also trigger a sense of codependency? So being aware of that also. Um, my favorite attachment styles. So recognizing which attachment style you are. Someone with an abandonment wound will more than likely be either an avoidant or an anxious attachment style. So figuring out which one you are and learning about that. So that can help you. And then I would, and then I would also say working with your inner child. So thinking back, I know for me personally, when I would experience like that triggering feeling of being like of, of being abandoned in like a current situation, what would happen to me is I would literally go back to my 10 year old self of when my dad left and I would become that small little girl of 10 years old, just being like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me right now? And it's like, 
I'm in my 30s, like I'm not 10 years old, like I can take care of myself. I don't need to worry about that. So kind of taking time to sit with the inner child and like let them know that, hey, I'm not 10 anymore. I'm a grown up now and I can take care of myself and like I've got this. And so doing that work is really, really powerful. And then I think the final thing that I will note, which um, is also very important, is most people that have an abandonment wound will abandon themselves when they feel like they're being abandoned. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy, but if they feel like someone is abandoning them, they will self-abandon. And so that's why thinking about all these other steps that I've mentioned is really important in your journey. Um, so when that gets triggered, making sure that you don't abandon yourself, reminding yourself that you can take care of yourself, you can love yourself, you can look after yourself, you are safe with yourself and creating creating that and just being aware of the fact that when you get triggered, there may be that instant reaction of wanting to self-abandon. And what do you actually mean by self-abandon in that context, Fabian? So that could show up in a variety of different ways, but ultimately not taking care of yourself. So say, for example, you are going through a rough patch in your relationship. Instead of in that time where you're going through that rough patch, maybe you and your partner aren't seeing eye to eye or there's something happening, you would put all of your focus and attention onto your partner and quite literally forget about yourself so forget about your own needs forget about taking care of you and during that time you might find that you have you know you are feeling really down or you're feeling really a lot of anxiety or you you might have a lot of feelings yourself but what you may end up doing in that situation is just putting all the focus and emphasis onto them so for example why aren't they calling me back why don't they want to solve this why is it taking them three hours to reply to me just literally becoming kind of completely obsessed with the other person and then therefore failing to worry about yourself. You know, maybe you forget to eat. Maybe you forget, maybe you can't sleep. Maybe you um, are having trouble taking care of yourself and your, your own needs. So remembering that just because, just because it feels like somebody else is abandoning you or they're not available to you doesn't mean that you need to stop being available to yourself. That's actually a signal if someone is doing something where they're pulling away or they are becoming unavailable to you. That's a moment for you to take stock of yourself and say, hey, what do I need right now? Um, and a lot of the time, people that have suffered that abandonment wound do have a trouble saying, what do I need right now? They will more than likely say, what does that person need? Anybody outside of themselves, they would look to to be like, I, can, I should give something to somebody else. But actually, it's not about that. They need to give to themselves. And also within the context of the relationship I was in, I would say that he quite often self-sabotaged, you know, our relationship. In other words, I think mm. the fear there of, you know, um, perhaps me leaving the relationship. So rather than risk that, he, he'd sabotage it himself. Absolutely. That is, yeah, another really, really great one, Lynn. Self-sabotage comes up massively because it's usually that fear of, usually a couple of things happen they'll, they will be like, hold on a second, you know what, so that I don't have to feel that pain, I will already prepare myself for the pain, and I'll leave you first, or I'll do something that will make you leave me, Yeah. because I'm so used to being left, 
you know, why would anyone stay with me? Yeah, totally resonates. And I just want to say that we have uh, mentioned the attachment styles within this episode, and we did do a separate episode totally around the attachment styles. So anybody who's interested in knowing more about attachment styles, Fabian and I did do a previous episode. So research that if you're interested in knowing more about that. Uh, anything else you want to add around the abandonment wound before we wrap up, Fabian? No, I think that that's the, that's the majority of the things I would say, Linda, is one really, really amazing resource, um, which is like a, a psychology um, video. It's on YouTube. It's free. It lasts about an hour, but it's absolutely wonderful. It's called Abandonment Anxiety, Overcoming Fear of Love. And that is really, really important if you're in a relationship with someone that has this or it sounds like they have this or it's you yourself, definitely watch that because that goes really into great depth about how it shows up and how it can be healed. And there's a lot of really um, wonderful questions towards the end of the webinar that will really get you thinking deeply about what it is that you've experienced and help with that healing. Excellent. On that note, Fabian, could you just provide our audience members with your best contact information? So if they're interested in delving more into these subjects, then they've got that as a resource. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me um, via my website. It's fabiensoundeval.com. So that's F-A-B-I-E-N-N-E-S-A-N-D-O-V-A-L. So fabiensoundeval.com. Excellent. And all your other contact information, I'll make sure is contained within our show notes as per usual. Uh, so it just leaves me to say thank you so much. That's been an absolutely really enlightening episode around the abandonment wound. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Fabian. Thanks so much for having me, Lynn. It's been really, really great being able to share this um, with everybody else and um, letting them know a little bit more about this topic, which I think is just so fascinating. Okay, so to just end the episode then, listeners, I'll just wrap up by saying true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.